Hey there, before we start, I wanted to say this week is about body language. Today we have Mark Bowden and Tracy Thompson. They wrote the book Truth and Lies, Reading Body Language in the Post-Digital Age. Now, Mark Bowden has been a guest on this show before, and along with some other previous guests like Chase Hughes, Chris Voss, author of Never Split the Difference, you'll find some great guests who have been on. Later this week, we're going to have Scott Rouse. He is another body language expert, not well known. This may be his first podcast. He's been on national television multiple appearances, but this is his first podcast appearance. So be sure to subscribe so you can check these out as they come in. You can find all the information you need to subscribe or contact me and give suggestions, anything you like at unstructuredpod.com. Now, this is an exciting day. We have Mark Bowden back. Mark Bowden was in episode 106. And bringing him back, I'm really happy because I get to up level. I not only have Mark Bowden, but I have the great Tracy Thompson, Aww. his partner and co-author. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Good. Great. Good. That's a great level up. That's uh, Yes, thank you. I, I, I feel so very important now. <laughs> Trying to imagine what that would be like on some kind of Nintendo game. Well, it kind of is. And the reason why I bring that up is I've thought about your appearances together. I do research. I like watching the videos. And you've been on like a morning show type of environment in Canada. I'm not sure what the show is. Yes, we are on CTV. Is it CTV Morning or Global Morning? CTV Morning. morning. Global Morning. The the morning morning. show, that was it. Anything anything in the morning, really. We'll do anything. It's strange because it's the afternoon right now in toronto so uh so this is unusual for us okay you're always out in the morning and then you're done by the daytime done done <laughs> that's it that's it well I'm, I'm glad i can keep you up late <laughs> i noticed when you guys are on the shows that you work together that you're definitely a team so i'm guessing that you each have your individual attributes but then as a team you bring something else to the table sure i think so yeah yeah, well, because we, you know, we 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 wrote um, truth and lies, what people are really thinking together, and uh, but we we we're coming from some different angles and some different viewpoints and some obsessions with different areas. And when one of us might be really, uh, I guess, obsessed with one one area, the other might not be bothered about it, and, and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, when we wrote the book, we focused on different chapters very much so. And Mark would write a chapter, and I'd be like, I have no idea i'm amazed that you wrote the chapter it was you know it's fantastic and i focused on other things so yeah well i like watching you in action because mark is very much projecting all the time whereas you are much more contained so i actually feel like you're toying with them i don't even know (laughs) if you realize it but you kind of are mark is pushing and you are reading and i know mark doesn't believe in uh completely that you can really read body language you're better off influencing with it. Would that be a fair statement, Mark? Yeah, that's a fair, that's a very fair statement, and 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 I only don't believe it just because it's been tested to be to be true. And the book says that it says there are no mind readers out there. There are some people out there that really look like they're doing that, without doubt. But what people are trying to do is is get closer to the truth of the matter. 
So, yeah, it's not that I don't think you can't read body language. It's just reading body language is a metaphor. It's like the metaphor of a book. Mm-hmm. And, and human beings aren't books. You cannot read them like a, like a book because they are not books. That's a, that's a simile, like a book. And it's basically the premise of Truth and Lies, of the book we wrote. Because, yeah, a lot of people talk about body language as though it's translatable. If this, then that. And what we're trying to look at in the book is, well, actually, nobody is a mind reader. Let's, you know, let's just move beyond that. However, you can make a a better educated guess about what someone might mean toward you with their body language, looking at a bunch of different factors. So in the book, we give people a, a methodology for doing that. We go, look, if you, you know, follow our scan methodology, then you'll be better at tr- at figuring out what people are meaning towards you in different situations, social, at work, family. So yeah, I mean, I would say, look, the the, the brain is a prediction machine; it's not a knowledge machine, and so we're trying to help people predict better. Now, sure, they could predict up to the level where they believe that they're reading people's minds, but they won't be. They'll just be predicting mm-hmm. really well, really accurately. Well, I notice when you're on there, though, you are performing, Mark, definitely. And I feel kind of like you're performing a bit more and Tracy is reading a bit more. And as a team, you project or push and then she pulls and gets gauges the reaction. And I don't even know if you guys are doing it. It's just a current that I kind of mm-hmm. see. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think we're trying to do that on purpose or we I, certainly we've never talked about that and gone hey oh, I know, it's interesting though. i know I'll, I'll i'll push you pull do you know what i think actually is that mark mark is an incredible body language expert and he goes out and he keynotes all the time and he mm-hmm. speaks about this every single day and so i sometimes feel like i could just leave mark and he will you know he he can just talk right he can just keep talking <laughs> and i sometimes you know say q keynote he can just he can pick up and he can talk and he can answer questions and he's he knows it extremely well and so sometimes and and in the book as well then you know his knowledge is so vast and i think that my knowledge is vast but i'm not as I'm, I don't perform as much. I don't. I don't keynote. I don't perform like he does. So I am making sure I get give him the stage to say the great things he's going to say, and then think about what's important to me in that situation. So I'm just listening. I'm listening. Yeah, I'm listening. So, so here's the way I put yeah. it. I, I just think it's very easy for me to get triggered into doing keynotes. It's very easy. <laughs> it's, very, it is, it's a key word there. Yeah. <laughs> It's like somebody asks me a question. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do a bit on that. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do a bit. I'll talk like I did last week or the week before or, or already today about that kind of area. It's not very difficult for me to get tripped up into, uh, just, you know, my brain delivering lots of stuff that it knows around this area that that it believes will be helpful i mean i'm not doing it just for the the sake of it i you know if i could i'd just stay in bed and do something else (laughs) but but it's just you know people ask questions and so i go okay here's an answer there you go and but it works really well because that's good that's good you are definitely the more outgoing or seemingly more outgoing. And there's a balance. If you both were pushing, you'd be tripping on each other. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So the key is, is look, I'll easily get triggered into talking and I've got to kind of make sure I hold back so that there's room for 
you know, others to speak, in- including the hosts of various. Have to pull back so you get a question. Short you know, of us but, living in the green room and just setting up an office at yeah. one of those studios. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so I have to make sure, I, you know, and, and try very hard to pull back, else I'll just deliver. And about you, what are you having to do? I am. Well, I, that's the other thing is I like, for example, our last TV appearance was fantastic. It was a lot of fun, but I'm there kind of looking at the camera. It's a lot to think about when you're on TV. You know, it is. You're looking at the camera. You've got the host. You're presenting with somebody. There's a, there's a lot of difference. So I I think uh, at the last time I was just kind of going, OK, this is the camera. So we have to keep talking and, you know, looking at them. And I don't want to talk over them and I don't want to talk over him. And I want to make sure I say what I want to say. So, yeah, like I, it's it's a lot to think about. So I think your 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 comment about me reading is actually I think that's 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 a, a fairly accurate uh, description of that moment, translating everything that's going on from all directions and making sure that I'm saying what I want to say in that situation and not getting off topic with something else or diverted or uh, just staring at the camera <laughs> blankly because it's right there and you're going, ah. Yeah. And I just yeah. think I'm, I'm, I just think I'm just primed, ready to be triggered to deliver some, yeah. some, some data information, something <laughs> helpful. And and part of me is just going, okay, just fill the space, fill the screen, you know, because because I understand part of the job of television is is to keep people watching until the adverts. The adverts are paying for everything, sure. so so you've you've got to keep it animated. Yeah. And so in that context, yes, I am pretty animated because I understand like people have got choice; they can switch to something else. There's lots of other True. stuff that they could be doing, and maybe I underestimate the power of the content and and my personality just like sitting there and doing nothing or maybe i estimate <laughs> maybe i estimate it correctly in that there's much more interesting stuff than me unanimated not talking a lot <laughs> so i tend to be animated and talk a lot yeah it is morning tv as well oh, right man, it's morning people TV. people you need to be fairly energized on morning up. tv yeah it's like hello we've had coffee have you yeah your whole point of morning tv is to get them into mid morning in 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 a way that makes them feel like you know life is going to be okay uh, it's the same as uh, sometimes uh, I, I do a show which is just over lunchtime. And the whole point of that show is to get people through lunch <laughs> into the rest <laughs> of the day and watch some adverts at the same time who've paid for their, their eyeballs at that, at that moment. But it's, it's kind of, you know, it's an awful thing. It's just to, the idea is to move people onto the next part of their working, working day and be productive. It's kind of like, cheer up, everybody. Be productive. Yeah. Go on. The day's about to get, start. Get to go work. Come on. on. Get Drink to work. your coffee and get on with it. There You're you up. go. Well, you guys do it well. It's a. It's kind of a dance. I think would be a a fair statement. Okay, oh, that's good. What kind? Yeah, what kind of? What yeah. kind of? Let's extend this. A, this metaphor. A tango. Kind of a dance. Is it? Is it a, a dance that you've never seen before? Are we or crumping or a, out there? Well, depends <laughs> on what you're doing, Mark. It depends on your socks out, that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Depends. On, it's always the same socks. I always wear red, red, red socks. Never, okay, never. No. Look, yeah. I'll prove it He's to you. He's got them on right now. Oh, I believe you. There's his. <laughs> okay, there you go. He has dozens of pairs of red socks. Well, at least you don't have to worry about uh, matching. That's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> it. Look, there's a lot of stuff to think about on the planet. Uh, you know, as a human being, like you've got a lot of stuff that you've got to 
you gotta you gotta think about uh, and and now for me socks isn't is no longer not, one of them yeah it, it shouldn't be one of them i don't exactly. have to think about socks <laughs> ever you and you and einstein he had matching suits lined up if i recall is that right that's uh that's a good idea i i tend to wear a bit of a uniform not you know i'll, I'll compare myself to einstein if you insist There you go. But But no, I'm a bit of a uniform. Like I have to just know that I'm putting the same thing on every day. Otherwise, it's I find it too stressful to think about that. It's really stressful. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, what am I going to wear today? I mean, I think I think to to an to an extent, um, uh, the communists pushed it too far. uh, (laughs) I mean, I I don't think you know we should all be wearing the same thing. I'm not kind of a Maoist kind of kind of Stalinist, uh, you know, dresser. Like everybody should be in denim regardless of their of their gender no, you I, know sexuality whatever yeah. no i'm more of a right. individual personal uniform like steve myself. jobs had the turtleneck the jeans and the new balance right right, right. yeah right. he had a stamped image and could have an action figure made yeah exactly exactly <laughs> maybe think, that's next for us actually i think if idea. i go and look at i've still got some of my old star wars figures there's probably one i'm sure there's one in there that looks now a bit like steve steve jobs used to Used to dress, yeah. Working for the dark side, but uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think one of the one of the captains on uh, on the on the Death Star has a kind of a, a similar getup. Oh yeah, and, he does than, actually. Than, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, check, I'll that. Yeah. check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of origin stories, how did you two come across each other and get to working together? Oh, okay, Tracy, go go for that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, we actually met um, when I was living in England. I was going to drama school there uh, many moons ago, and uh, Mark was in directing a show at the drama school, like way back when. And that's how we met. And we, since then, have, we started working together very soon after that. Yeah. Literally, like within the year after that. On various productions. Yeah, we had a production company that was one of the, if not the largest producer of English speaking theatre in uh, across Italy. In Italy, yeah. yes. And so mm-hmm. Mark uh, and I would produce and direct shows in English for Italian audiences. And they were fantastic. They, we, the shows, and we've both been on tour actually with the shows, they would tour around Italy to these incredible theatres. And all around Italy, they were, I think they called them spectaculo. 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 So, so they'd yeah, be up so to like, sometimes <laughs> be like 400 people in the audience, sometimes 2,000 people in the audience, all Italian speaking, all Italian, basically teenage audiences between the age of about 12 and 19. Mm. And English was a second language. So, yeah. so the point was, you know, in terms of what we were doing was how, how do you make those shows incredibly physical so that more body language absolutely so that regardless <laughs> of their skill with the verbal language non-verbally they'd have a really good idea of what was going on and of course that would would help them as the english language hit them which they're not going to be so proficient in help them be able to decode the the english language even better yeah, like in the rehearsal process we used to get people to, to sit at the very back of the theater and run the lines and be as big and physical as possible. So people could give us an idea if they understood what was going on, just from the body language, from the action, from the pictures that were being produced on stage. I mean, incredible background. We learned so much that went into uh, what formulated what we do now. But this Mm. is, you know, way back when. But yeah, that's, so we did that for quite a while. Yeah. 
and then did lots of various iterations of producing, directing, teaching, coaching. And then... Yeah, until finally we were working on how you transfer those skills of uh, nonverbal communication in that arts world to business and politics and organizations, which is where we are now. Yeah, that's fascinating that everything you did kind I don't know if you backed into what you do now or if you always intended to get there. It, it seems like you first did the masks and we talked about that last mm. time, how I interpreted your uh, skin work, et cetera, as being a precursor to this because you had to exaggerate your movements, et cetera, to express yourself since your face was covered and natural things were there. Now you are just telling me another story I did not know about that you have people in a different language. So you're trying to, again, express yourself in a body language manner. Mm. And I've also wanted to ask you if cultural considerations uh, come into effect too, because I don't know if you're familiar with Cubans. Mm -hmm. I bring them up. But when I was in Cuba, I learned something like here in America, and I don't know, I'm guessing it's similar to Canada. When you, beckon somebody, you will hold your hand up high and, and wave them over, usually saying, come to me, hands up in the air, um, kind of a C pattern toward your face. Mm -hmm. In Cuba, when I was caring for migrants, they would be hunched over and they would hold their hand close to their chest or their stomach, and they would go, benaka, benaka, because in Cuba they were constantly under observation and every third or fourth house is a spy for Castro. Sure. Right. So sure. I didn't know if you had that kind of cultural consideration when you're trying to express a message in, let's say Italy, they, they may react a little differently. Yeah. So, so uh, what you find is a generalization across uh, cultures is, is things like time and space that the, 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 the those kind of temporal things often change in a big way. So, for example, go down to the south of Italy and space gets compressed. They're not so concerned about, about your personal space. Up in the north, mm. which, which is more kind of what was Austro-Hungary, uh, it's a little more – they're a little, little more conservative about the space that, that people should, should have. And, and, and these kind of things change all over the world. And there are specific gestures that change quite considerably. Some of the ones that – uh, help you understand if it's your turn to speak or the other person's turn to speak. So those gestures can can change culture to culture, and space changes a lot. But what you're talking about there in the in, with the Cubans that I've experienced with one-on-one um, -on -one clients that I've had, a one specifically uh, who was from former Soviet Union and under the same mm. the same situation in that this person was getting feedback in their organization that they were cold and they were unfriendly and that and and this was being very detrimental to their their career as you can as you can imagine in the north american culture mm -hmm. especially uh, you know where we are or where this client was at the time in in canada people are pretty pretty friend friendly on the whole because it's it Canada and it's kind of okay being here. <laughs> you know it's nice it's quite nice it gets yeah and um and so for this client i was working with with them on how to do you know more open body language and but it, it, it you know after a while i understood that the block was that in this person's culture you had to be wary of everybody because everybody was an informant and so mm -hmm. you you shouldn't build new relationships with 
anybody and you shouldn't gossip with them or give them any personal information, for example. Well, you imagine in a North American culture, if you're trying to get on in business and you're not going to offer anybody else any personal information like, hey, you know, what did you do this weekend? Sure. What are your plans for the weekend? <laughs> like, how would you? Well, this person would not answer <clears throat> such questions because, you know, what you're doing at the weekend may well land you in, in <laughs> you know, in the in the Gulag ar- archipelago. So, yeah, I can see that happening in, in Cuba for sure as well. Did you overcome that? Because I could see too with the uh, possible Russian accent or Eastern Europe, European mm-hmm. accent, a compounding effect because I grew up and, you know, you had uh, Rocky Three and every other representation. So you, you add the caginess with the accent, and that's definitely going to set some people the wrong way. Oh, th- this person was hard and cold. Let's put it. I mean, <laughs> imagine probably the hardest, coldest person you've ever you've ever met who will not talk to you. That was the person that, that, that we had here. Though the changes were, were, were quick and easy because once you can get into understanding why the behavior is there and, and, and the good purpose that the behavior is trying to, the behavior was trying to save this person's life and, and their sure. family's life. So, so, you know, no behaviors are bad. There's just results that you wanted or didn't want. And in this particular context, it wasn't getting the results that the person wanted. And so helping them to understand that and maybe understand and, and, and self-reflect a little bit to thinking, are you, are you still in the place that you were before? Does, does this place really need those behaviors? Just a bit of self-reflection, which this person really hadn't had an opportunity to do. They, they shifted countries pretty quickly. Uh, things were, there was a lot going on. So just a, some self-reflection and some ideas about behaviors to use. The, the change was, was pretty quick and the person would come into my office you know, a few sessions after with a smile on their face. And, and <laughs> awesome. it's like, wow, this is a whole different, it feels like a whole different person. Yet it wasn't a different, it was the same person, just doing behaviors in the wider public that they were only used to doing with only the people they absolutely could trust, you know, to their, literally their life with. Those have to be the most satisfying um, clients that you work with the ones where you can really pivot or, or make a change or correct a misunderstanding? Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably the only that's that I would say is probably the only satisfaction is the change that the effect that it can have on uh, the effect that it can have on people. Otherwise, otherwise, as you're experiencing, it's just me talking. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and I, it's okay. like, it's okay. I mean, I might You're be very compelling. Yeah, well, I might be more. <laughs> I might be a bit more interesting than some other people, but not all people. So, you know, no, I think what's good something. about no, but I think what's good about what you do in that situation <laughs> is that, and and actually, as you were talking just now, I was thinking about the whole the whole thrust of our business is about how, and Mark talks about this in his keynote about how a lot of what we do is. Uh, and and ways that we perceive others' uh, behavior is has been to keep us alive for mm. so many years, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of years, and that time has changed and and society has evolved and every you know things have evolved in such a way that 
we might not be aware that we're reacting in the ways that are, we don't need to be reacting anymore. We don't need to be using our body language in the way that we maybe did a hundred thousand years ago or a million, you know, to keep ourselves alive. And this is in so many different contexts when he works with one-on-one clients. So yeah, I think that's a, yeah, that's I, a I, great I, value other than hearing you speak. It's yeah. like a hypnotic voice. But yeah. we do like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think to build on that, you know, our instincts, our instincts for survival are still the same. The monsters have changed slightly to an extent. There isn't any, as, as I understand it, you know, Vampurus on the planet, which was a huge, 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 big cat that, uh, as far as we can see, our skulls fitted right into its mouth. And, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty horrible. Huge fact. They had some bears in uh, Canada. They had, yeah, yeah. They were migrating. But, but you got to understand that, that most people don't live anywhere near those bears. <laughs> and, and on the whole, if you were in a group of people, those bears are going to go in the opposite direction to any group of people. And we're social mammals. Um, and, and as social mammals, you should not be walking in a forest on your own. It's like, it's like you're a social mammal. There should be you and your family, you know, or or a, a gang of you moving around any... To scare away the bears, you To mean. scare away the bears. Away it's like bears. you're social, right? What are you doing wandering in a forest on your own? <laughs> that That's that's what bears probably call bear food. They're just going, no, that's bear food. That's <laughs> What's that one over there? That one's bear food. How do we know that? It's on its own. It's it's lonely on its own. It has no friends. So <laughs> good point. Yeah. So so re- you know, really, the chances of getting uh, done over by a bear is 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 pretty low in Canada. Well, I wouldn't want to test it though. Like, well, I think we should not be. No, we won't test. Like, that, yeah, that's not, yeah. not <laughs> test it. But you you know, you're going to get hit by a car. You're going to get hit by a by True. a by a truck. That's that's what's going to. Yeah, more likely than getting eaten by a bear. Totally. Touch wood. Totally. <laughs> I, had a, I have a buddy in Australia, and I talked about how everything in Australia can kill you, it seems. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm afraid to walk in Chicago. <laughs> I was like, okay, good point. <laughs> yeah, Australia is a pretty dangerous part of, the, part of the planet, and yet most people, I think, don't die of spider bite, shark attack, snake bite, whatever, yeah. you know. They probably died from the the lager consumption. (laughs) While we're talking about vipers and sharks, Mm. um, how is it different working with normal people or business people versus actors? (laughs) I like your setup. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pipe in one little bit on this. Yeah. No, but you're in the day to day. And so here, here's the one thing I would say is when you're working with actors, you form a very quick, intimate relationship in, in a professional way, but you form a very, and, and other actors come with that openness of, we got to get the work done in a very limited amount of time. Uh, You know, I, we watched the Oscars last night and, who knows, maybe Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga will end up together. And I kept seeing articles today about how their intimate body language, but that they're performers, they're actors, of course. They ha- they shot a movie together. They had to convince, you know, otherwise the movie wouldn't have been up for, for best picture, but they had to convince the audience that they were together. And so you get a right. very quick, uh, you know, you have to be very open and you get a very quick intimacy with people and and equally sometimes you you then leave those people and never see them again but you you develop very quickly the ability to go yeah we'll you know we'll 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 work together we'll have this relationship very you know in close proximity very quickly and 
also to be able to trust certain things and, and build something together. So that's what I'd say you're coming from as an actor. Mm. Um, mm. And then working with people in business, I, it, it is slightly different. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's, um, I don't know, there's not, there's just, it's just not the same context. And so the same, the same demands of being able to build relationship really, really quickly, I think in, in, in many organizations is not, uh, needed. Sometimes frowned upon. Uh, sometimes frowned upon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's not essential in, in performance, in groups. It's essential to get comfortable with each other really, really quickly, or the result will be a failure. Mm-hmm. That, you know, How about politicians? Where do they fall in this? Uh, well, they need to make a connection with, with the right audience at a very economical level. It's not necessarily, uh, doesn't have to necessarily be really quick. It could take time, but it has to be economical. They only have a certain amount, a certain amount of time and a certain budget to be able to connect with the people who it's most important for them to connect with in order to get the votes and gain power. If that, if they're, if they're in that point of their cycle, because, you know, on the whole, politicians in most democracies have a bit of a four to five year cycle of uh, get elected, have power, do something around what we said we'd do, maybe, maybe not, and then get elected again based on, you know, what we did last time and what we're going to say right. we'll do this time. So there's that kind of cycle. Uh, and they've got a, yeah, they've got, they've got a certain amount of time in, in order to, to do that. So they, just like, um, a performer, they have to win trust and gain credibility. And, and it's the same with a performer. They need to win trust and gain credibility with, with their, their fellow performers, but, but way faster than usually a politician might have to do it. So you mentioned the cycles mm. and I don't know if you worked with the American politicians as much, but money's a big part of our system. So you have one cycle that's about getting the votes, but then you have the cycle in between, which is all about getting the money. Yeah. And I would think that the politicians have to work on two tiers of relationship. They've got to have the relationship with the public or potentially the voter, but then they also have to have the relationship with the donor, which has to be a much more intimate or, or a stronger relationship, I, I would think. And then they have a third relationship with the press. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the same. It's the same in Canada at the moment. It was the same in the in the UK. Uh, you got you got to have a relationship with the people who are going to give you the money in order for you to be able to spend that money to get a relationship with the people who are going to then vote you in. And then you got to have a relationship with the press to uh, treat you kindly around their job, which is to inform the public of of what you're actually doing, always through their inherent lens or bias that they have depending on who they're owned by which could be one of the people who lent you the money gave you the money uh in the first mm-hmm. place to 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 speak to the people now do you work and do you guys work with politicians on all these levels and business people on these different levels or is it just more of a how to contain yourself and convey your authority or message uh yeah we we work with politicians and business people on on all these levels on the levels of going mm-hmm. and seeking the the funding to either contact the public or get your you know your business idea going or take it to the next level mm-hmm. to then communicating to your teams uh, up and down the organization yeah. stakeholders board of directors media 
Yeah. Yeah. Every, everything that you're talking about there. And, and, and as you can imagine, there can be some differences in, in, well, because it's a different audience. There's, there's, there's different values there. People are wanting different things. And people often haven't quite thought about that, that the message to the funder is not the message to, uh, the voter, rather like, you know, the right. message to the, the backer of a business is or a shareholder or an angel investor is not the message to the person who you want to buy the product or service that they might that your investor may be funding your business to produce for them okay that's why i wanted to explore that because i i feel like we try to view things as one note one message like uh, you perform these actions, it pr- produces a, an effect, and we always want that same effect. But I'm assuming there's got to be a ton of nuance, and I'm curious on how you learned that or how you how you go about shaping, I guess, a performance, because every one of these is a performance of some kind. Yeah, so the same performer, potentially, but different audience. So you've got to go to the audience and go, what do you – what are you trying to, you've got to go to the audience and going, what are you trying to, what don't you have? And what are you trying to get? You imagine going to a funder, uh, you've got a, you've got a business idea and you want them to invest money. Well, let's just imagine they can invest money in like anything, like anything. So, so here's my question. My question always is, is, so why haven't you? Why have I even got a meeting? Why have I got your ear? It means that you haven't yet invested the money that you need to invest, which means you haven't met the opportunity that you think is is right. That you want to back, that yeah. you feel compelled to back. Yeah. Yeah. So so you haven't been able to do what you want to do yet. So I want to know why haven't you been able to do what you want to do? What's the barrier? What's the barrier between your money and somebody else right now? Because if I understood the barrier between your money and other people, and I was one of those other people, I could help dismantle that barrier. And if I dismantle the barrier, then the money is more likely to flow from you to me. So it's that just applying in in most of the work that we do, what we're just trying to do is apply really simple models of how the world works onto incredibly complex situations. Because what I've done there is to distill a very complex situation around investment into, well, you know, what's the, what stops you giving, giving me your money? I mean, it's a very simple way of looking at things. But when you look at it that simply, and, and the important thing is when you ask out loud somebody, when you ask them that question under that simple model, they might buy into that model and give you a really simple answer as to how to, how to dismantle the barrier. And so the thing just works and happens. It happens. That's almost like the Chris Voss negotiation, getting to know type of aspect. Sure. At what point did you both decide to switch or are you still full on theater? Oh, now? no, we haven't been doing theater for for years and years and years. So I think what happened when we were living in England, we were living in London and we, we started out on this body language, helping, helping people in business, helping. I think then we called it corporate body language. It's was used to be more called that in, uh, in England and Mm -hmm. here we were, yeah, we were just realizing there was a, a, a huge opportunity in that a lot of the, the background of what we do is, I mean, it's stuff that actors have been doing for, for forever, or good actors have been doing elements of it for a long time. And you, you, you learn it and you 
know it and you experience it and you get better at it if you keep going with that. And and I think that was our starting point. But yeah, no, we 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 segued away from theater. Yeah, like it must be gosh, like 15 years? Over 15 years Over ago. 15 years ago, between yeah. 15 and 20 years ago. Yeah. And yeah, and Mark was was working, we were working together with another organization in London at the sort of very beginning of this that provided corporate training that had a few trainers, a bit like like Mark, who, who had a, a more of an arts-based background to the training. And then, yeah, and then Mark's work just started to literally, you know, I don't, I don't want to say s- snowball, but it just kept getting, you know, the more he developed, the more people wanted it. And and then he formed his own company and we moved here and been doing it. That's for, that's 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah that gotta be 15 here. years. So yeah, we haven't been doing theater really since then. We hardly step into a theater. We literally hardly step into <laughs> even Even to watch theater, <laughs> even to watch it. We did a lot of theater and now we have, we do not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you miss it? I miss I miss theater. I miss the process. I I you know, it's a funny industry. So, I miss elements of it for sure. I I miss the creative, you know, the rehearsal process is fun, but I I don't miss it. I I like what we do now. It's much more for me anyway. It's intellectually stimulating. I mean, we wrote a book, you know, that was published last year. It's Mark's fourth and my first co-authorship and I got to right. say that's a, that was really stimulating and exciting and being able to, you know, to research and, and use our experience and write something that, you know, that has such a direct impact on people. Whereas theater, you're, you know, you're hoping people buy tickets to come and see the show and it's hard to fill an audience. And, you know, even if you have a a bought in audience, it's, it's, you know, people are showing up. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, I think we have more impact doing what we do now. Yeah, for sure. I think the, the, you know, the main thing I miss, there's a certain romance to it. The the thing that in theater, the thing that I miss the most is uh, the smell of the smell of theater paint, which is actually uh, the smell of horse glue, boiled down horse. Glue. <laughs> uh, it has a certain, <laughs> a certain, I don't know whether anybody listening has ever smelled a horse when it's been boiled down. You probably have one or two listeners out there. Going, is, I know it. I know, I know. that smell. Yeah, horse glue. I know what he's talking horse glue. About. Yeah. Yeah. We salute you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there is this backstage, there is the smell of, yeah. of horse glue. It's a strange smell of death back there. <laughs> and, and if anything, Hopefully I, not. I, 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 I miss the, the, the stench of death around, <laughs> around theatres. But ultimately, I'm still doing the same thing, which is always my fascination was how images change people's minds and behavior, how uh, metaphors, how the language that we use, how the the how strange the brain is because it gets tricked all the time that something is something else and that's the thing of the the metaphor uh, it's not a simile it's not is like it actually is and and these tricks get played on us all the time and we play them on ourselves and we play them on other people and in theater in art actually just in general in art the artist is the trickster of of the metaphor of, of convincing you very quickly that something is something else and i'm still doing i'm still doing that still yeah. uh showing people look if you use these movements your audience will feel you are something you guys also have a series of videos that are supporting the book yeah that you've we been do. releasing as of late so th- there's some art there um, are you guys 
producing it yourselves? You doing your own lighting and directing, etc. How? What's the process with those? Yeah. So, uh, so we decided we want to make some videos to go along with the book, just because. Yeah, people like videos, and it's fun. We, <laughs> you know fun. what? We wanted to do it because we just thought it was fun. We have this series in the book called MythBusters. They're just these little, you know, like. In every chapter, there's a little myth buster, a bit of a did you know moment. And we thought they lent themselves well. And there's a few here and we plan to expand on that. But we cool. just thought it would be fun. Yeah, we just thought we'll produce it ourselves. And yeah, so we got a friend of ours. got us and a friend of ours, uh, who- Michael Turnbull, who uh, di- does all the design for Truth Plane as well. He's the graphic designer for the company. And uh, we've made oh, hours and hours of video now to- together over the... He helped us, yeah, because we produced with our first big online series called Presentation Genius, which is, Hmm. it's just over five hours of 15-minute modules that are presented by Mark and a a, a good friend and colleague called Michael, Michael, I can't say it, Michael Bungay-Stanier. Sorry, Michael, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Where they go through like presentation and facilitation methods and just everything you ever wanted to know about being a presentation genius. It's an incredible, so it's an incredible online product but we did this i don't know like three or four years ago mm. uh, with michael turnbull and then we did uh presentation skills for leaders yeah. which is our 20 minute yeah. online by the way listeners product. if you if you want to pick up that training bit.ly forward slash winning keynote go and get it for free bit.ly forward slash winning keynote yeah go and uh go and get that for free the presentation skills for leaders yeah yeah it's yeah. 20 minutes yeah. of mark's fundamentals that we Produced ourselves, beautifully shot. Yeah, beautifully. So we, we're used uh, to yeah, producing video. We used to, yeah. we used to, you know, be in film and TV. So, so it, it's no, it's no mystery for us which end of a camera is the is the important end. Oh, and, sure. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> we're, yeah, like we've we've spent we've we've done some time. We spent yeah, some yeah. time we on camera. Spent a lot we of time. Paid our dues on camera around, around <laughs> so cameras we- <laughs> and sound and lighting and. And so we're relatively dangerous around that. So, you know, we kind of <laughs> relatively know what we're what we're doing. The, the recent videos that we made, just our own uh, our own equipment and and sticking it up quick and and yeah. doing it a little kind of quick and dirty, but it still works really well. Just because of the the quality of of equipment nowadays is just superb, it's staggering. Oh, it's just it? astonishing. What you could do with a phone. Yeah, I mean, I remember we we were making feature films. Maybe, gosh, I'm going to say now, now, like twenty years ago, but on <laughs> but on cameras where the chip was not as good as the chip in my phone. I mean, it's oh, yeah. just ridiculous, ridiculous how good the technology is now, or how available mm-hmm. it is now. Mm-hmm. How how available it is. So um, so yeah, we make these things our, ourselves, and it's good. It's good fun, and it's nice to get it out to people and have have something that you've you know. It's good to make stuff. Human beings are creators. You know, we right. we, we do we do stuff and we make stuff and we solve problems, and that's what the brain is kind of there for. Why it's so big because it's trying to solve lots of problems all the time and make new stuff, and and sometimes it's good to to keep reminding yourself of that and get out and do it. Well, and I thought it might be a good creative outlet for you since you have the theatrical background, everything. You're just making your own TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I think we'll definitely do a lot more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, back, back maybe, well, yeah, back 20 years ago. Well, back previous to 15 years ago, we would make stuff 
and you'd have to go, okay, so now we've got to get a channel to distribute this. Yeah, you've got distribution to a, was yeah, always the problem. Always There's no point in making anything unless, as well, unless you're going to be able to pre-sell it to somebody as you know you have the distribution sewn up. But now we have distribution. Beauty? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's, 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 you know, you, 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 you make a podcast and you distribute it. You're not there going, well, if, if, if Radio 4 will will play my then <laughs> it'll be good it's like no you don't need that anymore you might even have more viewers more listeners than a than a radio four show now it was quite it's quite possible and it and it's oh, your yes. it's your uh it's your product and it's your channel it's a great time now uh not that it wasn't back in the day but but it's a great time now to 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 create stuff because you're not reliant on bigger organizations on the whole to distribute mm. for you. You can get an audience. Now you might have to market it yourself. That's, that's, that's true. But on the whole, if something is good, people will watch it and they'll ask for more and you can produce that or not. And then they'll tell other people about it. And that's quite a, a simple technological, uh, you know, gambit now of, of just, you know, passing it on to other people electronically. You know, there's, there's less. Gosh, there's just less barriers. Mm -hmm. There was there was way more barriers before, say, YouTube. Way more barriers. Yeah, it's scary too. YouTube has a PewDiePie who has like seventy million subscribers. Right, right. The final episode of Mash, I think, had like around seventy million people. Right, right. So it's right. It's staggering to consider that you have YouTube channels that are getting more viewers than CNN and Fox News combined. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm at the moment. I can't, you know, from a creator point of view, I can't really see the downside. I mean, I'm sure people come come up with what the downsides of that might be, but there'd be probably people who wish they had more control of other people. I'm, I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think there's a yeah. there's a great, you know, if people are producing producing content that is annoying and abusive and rude and nasty and well, you know, you don't have to watch it. And if True. people are producing good stuff, you can watch that. Hmm. Yeah, and, and actually, there's a, a less people are watching TV, right? More people are just they're watching their entertainment online. That may be the biggest challenge of all. Is there's a limit of how many hours there are available in a day, <laughs> and we are now competing not only with, let's say, I'm a podcaster, but I'm not just competing with other shows or Spotify or radio, but also Twitter and Facebook and absolutely a million other things. We're all competing for this little snippet of time hmm. for people. Yeah. Well, I guess at some point, you know, there'll be an augmentation of us, you know, towards something artificially intelligent that will kind of filter out and, and, and help us have more hours in the day by watching and listening to stuff for us before it then passes it on to us. I mean, that's already <laughs> happening. That's already happening to an extent in our, in our Facebook feeds. For example, oh, the, sure, the AI absolutely. component of that is going, yeah, I don't think you really want to talk to that, hear about that person anymore. They're your friend, True. but we're just taking them out of your feed. Well, there's an upside to that and a downside of to that. But you know, for me, you know, people might get filtered out of my feed. Who, being that I'm in Canada now and they're in the UK, I would have never have bumped into them in the first place. It's like I'd never see True. them anymore. It's, it's a great technology that they can even be excluded now <laughs> because they weren't even in the running to be excluded before. 
Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So at the same time, the flip side of that is sometimes uh, with my Facebook, I like the fact that I, I want to know what my friends are doing in the UK. It's part of the reason I, I feel like I joined that one in the first place to go like, I want to keep in, front, in touch with all my friends in London. But yeah, it's true. It's gearing me less towards them, I suppose. Yeah. I think what you have, I have to, to make do, a bigger effort. Well, yeah. So I think as I understand it, and, uh, maybe and, okay. and maybe, you know, somebody wiser can help us out with this. As I understand it, you've got to remember that person that you haven't thought about for a while. Yes. And then you've actually got to type in their name into your, and then go onto their feed. Sure. And once you've done that, mm-hmm. I, my guess is, is Facebook goes, Oh, right. Okay. You're interested in them again, are you? And, and, and on it goes again. Right. So. Yeah, but it's tricky, you know, if they're not in your face all the time. But that's just like yeah. a town, isn't it? It's just like a town or a city. It's the same thing. True. Good it's the same thing. If they're not on your street, like, we, you know, we're still – look, the tools have changed. The tools have got, you know, uh, well, to an extent more powerful, but our instincts don't change. If I don't see your face, I'm not True. remembering you. If you're not in my street, if you're not in my daily life, then – you know, how important are you? And so it's easy for us to drift away. And so, yeah, we've got to, out of mind. Yeah, yeah. And so we've got to be mindful now and again and go, you know what? I haven't thought about that person for mm. a while. I should go and remake some. Doing. wonder how they're doing. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, <laughs> didn't, didn't people send like letters, write letters, long letters to each other? They, in, in kind they of old English. Back in the day. But yeah, like. Letter? You mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's uh, potentially been a. Uh, you know, people are, are writing letters again. So I heard this. I read this oh, okay. probably on Facebook. But anyway. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the one you did see. <laughs> well, on that note, what's coming up in the future with your technologies? Ah. Yeah, what have we got? What are we what are we what are we up to at the moment? What are we up to? We're we're working. We're, working. we're just we're working. <laughs> the old, yeah. the old uh, trying to stay out of the cold, stay out of trouble. Uh, what's going on? We're just gearing up to you're gearing up to do a couple of big keynotes. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean usual stuff. You know, I I, I I I fly out. I see people. We talk. I fly somewhere else. We talk some more. Mm-hmm. You, we've got more videos. More videos. Out. I think we're going to focus on cool. more videos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've still got the- how to. Yeah, I think figuring out how to. To make more videos, how to expand on the videos, how to how to have more interaction with our with an online community, build that community, figure out how we can be more responsive to to to, to what they're after, you know, as we as we go and make more content. Yeah, yeah, we're we're making this up as we go along. Yeah, we. I yeah. mean, it's <laughs> we, <laughs> like everybody else. <laughs> we literally look at each other and go, "Yeah, let's do an action figure. That's a good idea." <laughs> right. Right, That's the should. conversation after after that. Yeah, I mean, there or are like, how can we make more? Like, what can we put in the videos? What could we that would be really interesting for people to see? What do people want to know? You've done the behind the scenes stuff with Justin Trudeau and Trump. Mm. I know you did a, yeah. a video talking about that. I think you get a lot of views on that one. Oh, for sure. You also did it with Ronda Rousey. Are you going to do any more of, of that kind of thing? And maybe Chris Watts? Uh, I know that was a popular one. Yeah. So, so uh, the stuff on the, um, on the uh, ultimate uh, fighters that was done with, with bloody elbow. Who, oh okay. yeah. Yeah. So that, that, I mean, that's a, now and again, these, these kind of partnerships happen where people who are obsessed in their, their area come to me obsessed in, in our area and, and they go, do you want to, you know, do something together. That stuff's really interesting because those videos did incredibly well. I don't think we realize just how popular that sport 
I have an idea oh. how popular it is, but it's crazy popular. Oh, yeah. Just, just oh, yeah. extraordinarily popular. And Bloody Elbow seem to be very popular in that area as well. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. And so, uh, and so, you know, I did these videos with these guys just going, well, you know, either it'll, they'll be really fun and good or they won't be and if they're not they'll just disappear into insignificance <laughs> yeah. and, if it's, and i think some of them ha- have had the most views oh, of anything you know they've just gone crazy yeah that just we've ever gone done anyway crazy yeah. it might yeah. be cool if you look out for other things like that because i know i, I really enjoy that and i think huh. people love seeing you expressing in action yeah because we can't always intellectualize something by reading the book per se yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, if people have ideas, if people have ideas of, hey, you know, I'd like to partner up and look at this, and they've got an area that they that they yeah. have, they have some kind of access to or knowledge around. I mean, that's the key is partnering up with. If we can partner up with with people who have access and experience and and obsession with an area, mm. it means that we can bring our obsession to that and potentially something very new will happen mm. around that, potentially very informative, potentially, potentially very entertaining around that. Without that, I mean, I'm not going around going, you know, what area could I investigate from a body language point of view? Because I'm just too obsessed with it in itself. But when somebody right. comes to me and goes, hey, you know, have a look at, I've got access to this area over here and, and have a look at this. And I know something about this. Then I'm the first person to go, okay, well, go on, open the door and let's walk in. Let's have a, <laughs> let's have a look. Just you, you, all you need to do is open the door and, and I will walk in and I'll, I'll take a look and I will, I won't hold back about telling you what I think is, is, is happening there or, or going on there. So yeah, th- those things are, uh, those kind of things are really exciting to do because you don't know what's going to come out of them. And you're, and you're truly, you know, you're making up something totally new, which is great. That's fantastic. Now, for now, though, people can find you at truthplane.com. Always. Absolutely. Yeah. It never changes. That's where, that's where we're at. 24 7. 24 7. Literally sometimes 24 7. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. And it's always good to have a single call of action. Absolutely. Yeah. Get over yes. there. Truthplane.com. Yes. Truthplane.com. Get- Get yourselves over there and never look and back. And buy the book. And buy the book. Please buy the book. Buy the book. Yeah, yeah. And Mark will get an audio book for this one soon. Yeah, we got a, we got, you know, quite it's, a on the, it's on the that. list yeah. of things that we should have done, haven't done. Yes, we have a long list. Yeah. Towards world domination, <laughs> the list yeah. is long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is on on the list. And really, we should, you know, we should record it our, uh, oh, ourselves. Oh, we should do. That's yeah. a great idea. There you go. Yeah, we should do that. Should. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that should be done. Let's just do that. Well, we oh, we, we don't actually own the rights to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's that's not a actually. Good point. Yeah. I mean, though we wrote it, it's, the kind it's, people it's, at it, it's the publisher's books, <laughs> and I think own that. So I think yes, we, they we, do. Yeah. We actually just yeah. can't go yeah. and do that. Okay. We have to kind of. I'll put it on my list to talk. Have a conversation with people about about that. And we're, we're in the communication business, so the last thing in the the last thing you ever want to do with anybody the communication business is talk to them or for them to talk to you. Cause it uh, never goes as well as it's, it's what they call the shoemakers children. They're always, they always have no shoes. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same with the communication business. We're, we're often the, the, the most tricky people to, to uh, talk to. So yeah, conversation will be needed. <laughs> Maybe you can persuade. I could, uh, we could persuade. Influence. Influence. Persuade. Yes. Yeah. I'll get on that. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, hey, thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate oh, thanks, it. It's always it's great, to, great, always great to, to chat, you. Eric. Yeah, thank you. always good. Always good. Wow. They are amazing, aren't they? Can't wait to share Scott Ross with you later this week. Make sure you subscribe whenever play you're using or go to unstructuredpod.com and see who else I've had on. In the spirit of checking things out, here are a couple shows you might want to discover. Thanks again. Hi, this is Kara Mayer Robinson, and I host Really Famous. I interview A-list celebrities. I dive deep because I used to be a therapist. This is what Tim Gunn said. I just have this antipathy for the judges. I can't stand being in the same room with them. Tim Daly. If you're not working in L.A. and you're an actor, there's no worse place to be. Michael Rappaport. I changed schools every year from the third grade to the twelfth grade. Disruptive was my thing. Chaz Palminteri. I knew something was going on. I said, I got to talk to somebody. It's Really Famous. It's like eavesdropping on a therapy session. Mr. Hayes' office, how may I help you? Andrea, it's Marilyn over at Kennedy Parker Construction. Hello, Marilyn. Would you like me to connect Mr. Parker to Mr. A fish surrounded by sharks. A secretary cursed by desire and ambition. Introducing The Diarist by Donna Barrow Green. The Diarist, an addictive psychological thriller, satirical, suspenseful, and full of twists. Available on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes. I'm sorry if I've hurt your feelings. Or if something I've said has led you to believe I think you're incompetent. It's just been so long since you've given me any encouragements or compliments on my... Andrea. I do notice you. I like that blouse on you very much. You look very pretty just as you are right now. Oh, well, I... It's very pretty on you. Thank you. What sort of fabric is it? It's silk. It's lovely. You have excellent taste in clothes. I notice. Would you mind removing your cardigan? My sweater? Yes, so I can see the blouse in its entirety. Why? I like it very much. You see, I do notice you. You know that, don't you? I don't have to tell you I notice these things. You know when I like something, don't you? I don't know. I repeated his words in my mind. I notice you. That was it, wasn't it? I wanted someone to notice me. Not Andrea the daughter, the wife, the secretary. Not even Andrea the artist or ad girl. I wanted someone, anyone, to see me. More than anything, it was Richard. Please don't think unkind of me, dear reader. Mm -hmm.